It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've seen it burn Scarlet when he was aroused to anger. It is Scarlet now. And Tarzan of the Apes is angry. Well, suppose it is Tarzan of the Apes. What can he do? You do not know him, replied the girl. You do not guess the tremendous power he wields here, the power of life and death over man and beast. If he knew our mission here, not one of us would ever reach the coast alive. The very fact that he is here now makes me believe that he may have discovered our purpose. And if he has, God help us. Unless... Unless... Unless what? demanded the man. The girl was silent and thought for a moment. There is only one way, she said finally. We dare not kill him. His savage blacks would learn of it, and no power on earth could save us then. There is a way, though, if we act quickly. She turned and searched for a moment in one of her bags, and presently handed the man a small bottle containing liquid. Go out and talk to him, she said. Make friends with him. Lie to him. Tell him anything. Promise anything but get on friendly enough terms with him so that you can offer him coffee. He does not drink wine or anything with alcohol in it, but I know that he likes coffee. I have often served it to him in his room late at night upon his return from the theater or a ball. Get him to drink coffee, and then you will know what to do with this. And she indicated the bottle, which the man still held in his hand. Kraski nodded. I understand, he said, and turning, left the tent. He had taken but a step when the girl recalled him. Do not let him see me. Do not let him guess that I am here or that you know me. The man nodded and left her. Approaching the tense figures before the fire, he greeted Tarzan with a pleasant smile and a cheery word. Welcome, he said. We are always glad to see a stranger in our camp. Sit down. Hand the gentleman a stool, John, he said to Peebles. The ape-man eyed Kraski as he had eyed the others. There was no answering friendly light in the eyes responding to the Russian's greeting. I have been trying to find out what your party is doing here, he said sharply to the Russian but they still insist that I am someone whom I am not. They are either fools or knaves, and I intend to find out which and deal with them accordingly. Come, come, cried Kraski soothingly. There must be some mistake, I am sure. But tell me, who are you? I am Tarzan of the Apes, replied the ape-man. No hunters enter this part of Africa without my permission. That fact is so well known that there is no chance of your having passed the coast without having been so advised. I seek an explanation, and that quickly. Ah, you are Tarzan of the Apes, exclaimed Kraski. Fortunate indeed are we, for now we may be set straight upon our way, and escape from our frightful dilemma is assured. We are lost, sir, inextricably lost, due to the ignorance or knavery of our own guide, who deserted us several weeks ago. Surely we knew of you. Who does not know of Tarzan of the Apes? But it was not our intention to cross the boundaries of your territory. 
We were searching farther south for specimens of the fauna of the district, which our good friend and employer here, Mr. Adolf Bluber, is collecting at great expense for presentation to a museum in his home city in America. Now I am sure that you can tell us where we are and direct us upon our proper course. People Strock and Bluber stood fascinated by Kraski's glib lies, but it was the German Jew who first rose to the occasion. Too thick were the skulls of the English pugs to grasp quickly the clever ruse of the Russian. Why, yes, said the oily Bluber, rubbing his palms together. That is it. Just what I was going to tell you. Tarzan turned sharply upon him. Then what was all this talk about Esteban? he asked. Was it not by that name that these others addressed me? Ah, John will have his little joke. He is ignorant of Africa. He has never been here before. He thought perhaps that you were a native. John calls all their natives Esteban, and he has great jokes by himself with them, because he knows they cannot understand what he says. Hey, John, is it not so, what it is I say? But the shrewd bluebird did not wait for John to reply. You see, he went on, we are lost. Won't you take us out with this jungle? We pay you anything. You name your price. The ape-man only half believed him, yet he was somewhat mollified by their evidently friendly intentions. Perhaps after all they were telling him a half-truth, and had, really, wandered into his territory unwittingly. That, however, he would find out definitely from their native carriers, from whom his own waziri would wean the truth. But the matter of his having been mistaken for Esteban still piqued his curiosity. Also, he was still desirous of learning the identity of the slayer of Gobu, the great ape. Please, sit down, urged Kraski. We were about to have coffee, and we should be delighted to have you join us. We meant no wrong in coming here, and I can assure you that we will gladly and willingly make full amends to you, or to whomever else we may have unintentionally wronged. To take coffee with these men would do no harm. Perhaps he had wronged them, but however that might be, a cup of their coffee would place no great obligation upon him. Flora had been right in her assertion that if Tarzan of the Apes had any weakness whatsoever, it was for an occasional cup of black coffee late at night. He did not accept the proffered camp-stool, but squatted, ape-fashion, before them, the flickering light of the beast-fires playing upon his bronzed hide, and bringing into relief the gracefully contoured muscles of his godlike frame. Not as the muscles of the blacksmith, or the professional strongman, were the muscles of Tarzan of the Apes, but rather those of Mercury, or Apollo, so symmetrically balanced were their proportions, suggesting only the great strength that lay in them. Trained to speed and agility were they, as well as to strength, and thus, Clothing as they did his giant frame, they imparted to him the appearance of a demigod. Throck, Peebles, and Bluber sat watching him in spellbound fascination while Kraski walked over to the cook fire to arrange for the coffee. The two Englishmen were as yet only half awakened to the fact that they had mistaken this newcomer for another, and as it was, Peebles still scratched his head and grumbled to himself in inarticulate half-denial of Kraski's assumption of the new identity of Tarzan. Bluber was inwardly terror-stricken. His keener intelligence had quickly grasped the truth of Kraski's recognition of the men for what he was rather than for what Peebles and Throck had thought him to be, and, as Luber knew nothing of Flora's plan, he was in quite a state of funk as he tried to visualize the outcome of Tarzan's discovery of them at the very threshold of Opa. He did not realize, as did Flora, that their very lives were in danger, that it was Tarzan of the Apes, a beast of the jungle, with whom they had to deal, and not John Clayton, Lord Greystoke, an English peer. Rather was Bluber considering the two thousand pounds that they stood to lose through this deplorable termination of their expedition, for he was sufficiently familiar with the reputation of the ape-man to know that they would never be permitted to take with them the gold that Esteban was very likely, at this moment, pilfering from the vaults of Opar. Really, Bluber was almost upon the verge of tears when Kraski returned with the coffee, which he brought himself. 
from the dark shadows of the tent's interior thora hawks looked nervously out upon the scene before her she was terrified at the possibility of discovery by her former employer for she had been a maid in the greystoke's london town-house as well as at the african bungalow and knew that lord greystoke would recognize her instantly should he chance to see her she entertained for him now in his jungle haunts a fear that was possibly greater than tarzan's true character warranted but none the less real was it to the girl whose guilty conscience conjured all sorts of possible punishments for her disloyalty to those who had always treated her with uniform kindliness and consideration constant dreaming of the fabulous wealth of the treasured vaults of opar concerning which she had heard so much in detail from the conversations of the greystokes had aroused within her natural crafty and unscrupulous mind a desire for possession and in consequence thereof she had slowly visualized a scheme whereby she might loot the treasure vaults of a sufficient number of the golden ingots to make her independently wealthy for life the entire plan had been hers she had at first interested Kraski, who had in turn enlisted the cooperation of the two englishmen and bluebird and these four had raised the necessary money to defray the cost of the expedition it had been flora who had searched for a type of man who might successfully impersonate tarzan in his own jungle and she had found esteban miranda a handsome powerful and unscrupulous spaniard whose histrionic ability aided by the art of make-up of which he was a past master permitted him to almost flawlessly impersonate the character they desired him to portray in so far at least as outward appearances were concerned the spaniard was not only powerful and active but physically courageous as well and since he had shaved his beard and donned the jungle habiliments of tarzan he had lost no opportunity for emulating the ape-man in every way that lay within his ability of jungle craft he had none of course and personal combats with the more savage jungle beasts caution prompted him to eschew but he hunted the lesser game with spear and with arrow and practised continually with the grass rope that was a part of his make-up and now flora hawk saw all her well-laid plans upon the verge of destruction she trembled as she watched the men before the fire for her fear of tarzan was very real and then she became tense with nervous anticipation as she saw Kraski approaching the group with the coffee-pot in one hand and cups in the other Kraski set the pot and the cups down on the ground a little in the rear of tarzan and as he filled the latter she saw him pour a portion of the contents of the bottle she had given him into one of the cups a cold sweat broke out upon her forehead as Kraski lifted the cup and offered it to the ape-man would he take it would he suspect if he did suspect what horrible punishment would be meted to them all for their temerity she saw Kraski hand another cup to peebles throck and bluebird and then to the circle with the last one for himself as the russian raised it before his face and bowed politely to the ape-man she saw the five men drink the reaction which ensued left her weak and spent turning she collapsed upon her cot and lay there trembling her face buried in her arm and outside tarzan of the apes drained his cup to the last drop End of chapter.